If you have the word of the Lord, we turn to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm so thankful that uh, Brother Jerry Hunt Sr. is going into uh, the whole full armor of God, and he talks about in Ephesians that we need to put off the old man and put on the new man, that new man which after God. is It means in the likeness of God, and that we should try to live our lives like that. Um, we're going we're gonna to look at verses 6 through 10. And the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, says, And hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might shew the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. We look at this, I want to go back a little bit into verses 4 and 5, because we have to understand one thing, that we were his, talking about God, we were his, before the foundation of the world. And when he talks about in verses 4 and 5, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved. So when we look at that great love wherewith he loved us, it's an everlasting love. He loved us before the foundation of the world. He loved us so much that he wrote our name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And I, I cannot dwell, or I cannot talk about that as much. I mean, we need to talk about it because it says in the Bible that our names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life. A name. So we're talking about Almighty God, and there are so many people, well, how could he know that? When man thinks these things are impossible, but God, all things are possible. We're talking about the infinite God and a finite man. We cannot understand. The Bible says, you know, for my ways are higher than your ways, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So to, to realize that he wrote our name in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the world, and he loved us then. And he continued to love us. And he loved us because I don't know how he wrote that book. And I'm not worried about it. You know what I mean, brother? I'm not worried how he wrote that. What I mean, Carl, is did he put it in alphabetical? Did he put it in uh, chron chronological? You know, order? I, I don't know how he did it. I, I guess all I'm, I'm thankful for is I believe, brother Roger, from the bottom of my heart, that my name is in that Lamb's Book of Life. So, for his great love wherewith he loved us, there's a lot of things, that great love with which he loved us. He, he loved us so much that he put our names in the Lamb's Book of Life. He loves us so much that he knew that there was going to come a certain point in our lives that we were going to come unto him. As Matthew wrote in his book, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give my, you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
So when he says, come unto me, he's telling you, he's not asking you to come unto him. He's telling you, come unto me. Come unto me. So we're going to come unto him because of that great love with which he loved us. And even when we were dead in sins. So from the time we were born, we were what? We were dead in our trespasses and sins from the time we were born. And we were dead in our trespasses and sins until in verse 1 in chapter 2, and you had to quicken who were dead in trespasses and sins. He's telling us the way we were before. All of these things, and then in verse 4, he starts out with, but God. I think there's no greater words than you could hear, but but God. But God, who is rich in his mercy. And when we can see it, and in verse, in verse 6, when he starts out, and he says what? And hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have to understand that he loved us, and he, he, he is going to raise us up one day. He is going to raise us up one day. See, this is a certainty with God. It's, 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 it's going to happen in their lives. You know what I mean? It's going to happen in our lives. Because look at what the Apostle Paul writes. You know, when we look at these things, we have to read the words that are in here. And I know when I started reading this, and it is impressed upon my heart that look at what he says, and hath raised what? He says, raised us up together. So see, whether you're Peter, whether you're Paul, whether you're Paul or any of the other apostles or, or some of them in the Old Testament, these great men in the Bible, He's raised us up together. He's raised us up together. There's going to come a day. We've said there's coming a day when my Jesus I shall see. He's going to raise us up together. And he is going to what? And made us. See what the Apostle Paul's made us. Made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You know, we look at so many people that have went on before us. And as Brother Roger confided to us, said Sister Barbara told him that he's gonna he's gonna she's gonna save him a place. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna save him a place. You know, but when we look at it and we read about it, and he's gonna made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When we realize that Sister Barbara and some of our others that have went before us, you know, I know when we go to funerals, well, he's in a much better place or she's in a much better place. And I know when they're going through some pain and sicknesses, it's there's no more pain, there's no more sorrow or anything. But she is looking in the face and seeing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, when these this comes upon us, there's no more guessing what Jesus looks like. We're going to know him. We're going to see him for as he is. That's the Son of God and our Lord and our Savior is what he is. 
So isn't it, isn't it, see, I know that we're looking at doctrinal issues, but I think the doctrinal issues are what are such a comfort unto us, Brother Roger, because we know they're, they're, they're true, the true, the doctrines. So these things that are written in here, that God, that he's going to love us so much, and that he's going to, and he's going to raise us up together and makes, uh, make us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm not looking forward to die. You understand? <laughs> I'm not looking forward to dying. But what I am looking forward to, Carl, is seeing Jesus Christ. That's what I'm looking forward to. And because of that, I think, I know that sometimes we are, we are afraid of, of death. But there's nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to be afraid of. Because, you know, Spurgeon, in his morning and evening devotion, um, I knew I had it tagged one time, but I, I don't have it now. But he says, you know what? When we close our eyes in death, we open them in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that would, that's what is, is so comforting to us. See, for a, for a, for a child of God, this is a fantastic book, isn't it? From Genesis to Revelation. And especially in the New Testament, we look at it and we see the things that are in there. And that hope we have. And that hope is in what? Jesus Christ. You know, in verse 7 it says, because we got to realize, and we look at these, we see these verses, we got to remember, again, I want to emphasize the fact that these numbers for these verses were not in the original letter that Paul wrote to Ephesus. It was all one letter. And we can look at some of these things are continuations going on. And in verse 6, when it goes on, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, it's continuing on. And the sentence ends in verse 7. And it says that in the ages to come, he might... That word shoe is actually show. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. And so many times we see, you know, the Apostle Paul, he goes back and forth between you and then he goes us. And in this section here, he's going on to that. That in the ages to come. <clears throat> see, Paul didn't know how long this world was going to end. No man knows when the world is going to end. And we can see that in verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. That means this book, this Bible, was written for all eternity. So we don't know how many ages that are going to come. But we can rest assured that in the ages to come, he is going to show the exceeding riches 
he, that's God, might show the exceeding riches of his grace, his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Are we so thankful that Jesus says, I am Alpha and Omega. I'm the beginning and I'm the end. He's the eternal, everlasting God. So we know that when he says these things in the Bible, one, he means it, and two, we look at it and we say that it's going to be here forever. Now, Mabel Andy, I mean, they might be able to take these Bibles away from us. They might, they might burn all our Bibles. But they can't take the love of Christ out of our hearts. That we know that riches, the riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. This is why we need to memorize Scripture, especially, now we all understand it, we all memorize Scripture. Maybe we can't all memorize an entire book of the Bible, but we can still memorize a whole lot of Scriptures. Just like there's certain ones that I, you know, when you continue to read the, the Bible, you can get it, like, Come unto me, all ye that labor are heavy laden, and I will give you my rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And there's other scriptures, maybe three, four, five verses, that we can go ahead and we can recite. In times of trouble, in times of joy, in times of sorrow, that we can remember scripture, can't we? And we can bring that to our mind. Or I should even say, God brings it to our mind to help us during times of trouble times of trouble. It's so th we're so thankful we can see the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Now I'm going to take verse 9. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, when we look at this, we see the Apostle Paul, all of a sudden he goes, for by grace are you saved. For by grace are you saved. Because that he understands that's an individual thing. We have to understand. Because in verse 6, when he talks about has raised us up together, he's talking about a certain group of people. You know, Jesus says in, in, the, in the Gospels, he says, For all that the Father giveth me shall come unto me, and all that he gives unto me, I, I shall lose not one. I don't know if that's exactly quote for quote, but would you get the gist of it? So we can see here that he's raised us up together. He's talking about the family of God. You know, in verses 4 and 5 of chapter 1, he says, According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, 
having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. We're part of a family, the family of God, the family of Jesus Christ. We are brothers and sisters with him. And we have a heavenly father who is sitting on his throne of glory today and that he's in control of everything that happens in the world. So for by grace, by grace are you saved. That grace is what? The unmerited favor of God. Unmerited means we didn't do anything to deserve it. By his grace, he's written our names in the Lamb's book of life. And for each individual, it happens at a different time in their life. Some are younger, some are older. We can see the thief on the cross. It was basically as he was dying. Lord, remember me when thou come into thy kingdom. What did he say? This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. So it's that grace of God through Jesus Christ that helped him. And it's the free grace of God. It's not free will of man. It's the free grace of God. Because it says in verse 9, not of works lest any man should boast. It says not of effort lest any man should glory. So he knew it was in the hearts of men that they would try to take credit. That they would try to take credit for this. That's why you hear so many people that will sit there and say, well, I saved five souls today. They don't save souls. Only God saves. That's what we need to understand. Some people might say different words, but it all means the same thing. It's the free will of man. But we know that it's the free grace of God. How can you, how can you read anything different in verses 8 and 9, than what it exactly says here. For by grace are you saved through faith. That faith is not in Brother Leroy, Brother Roger, or Brother Dave. That's faith, faith in Jesus Christ. You have to have faith in Jesus Christ. And like I say, how can you read anything different? Because it says, and that not of yourselves. That not of yourselves. It's not of you. You have nothing to do with it. Nothing at all. It is the gift of God, the free gift of God. When we look at these things, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. See, it's, it's, it's hard for some people. It's hard for the world. It's hard for man to say that they're not in control of it. We know that in the, in the regeneration and a new birth, when he came and he said, come unto me, it was totally passive on our part. Because when he calls us unto him, we're going to go. He didn't ask you for permission he didn't say, Brother Rogers, is it okay if I come in and enter your heart? Nope. He did it. That's why it says, the wind bloweth where it listeth. 
thou canst not, canst not tell from whence it come or whither it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit of God. I believe that's word for word. But what it's saying is you don't know. You can't tell when you're out there in the breeze. You know, when you see like the leaves over here blowing, you cannot tell what direction that wind is coming from. Now, maybe if you had a flag out there and you could see a little bit, but you can see sometimes that flag is blowing this way, sometimes it's blowing that way. It's kind of like when you had a bonfire. And it seems like wherever you move, it's kind of like that smoke follows you, doesn't it? And it gets all over you. But that's what it is. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit of God. And the words of Jesus Christ, when he says, Marvel not that I say unto thee, what? You must, you must be born again. Now that seems to me to be very plain there also. You must be born again. We need to take these things to our heart. It's like when, when Susie prays for her children and her grandchildren that the Lord would open up their eyes that they can see and open up their ears that they can hear the things that be of the Spirit of God. For the natural man receiveth not the things that be of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because what? They are spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. So when we look at these things, it's by the grace of God we're saved through faith, faith in Jesus Christ, and that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So not of any effort on our part. It's not one I've done in my life. You can come and sit in these pews every Sunday. That's not going to help you. We have to understand these things. As we look at this, we see that not of effort on my part. It's not what I can do. You can be religious. Understand what I'm saying. You can be religious and not be a child of God. See, that's what's people's misconceptions. They think because I'm religious, because I maybe do some good things, I come to church every Sunday that I'm a child of God. I'm one of His. I'm sorry to, I hope I don't burst any people's bubbles here, but that's, yeah, that's the way it is. See, I've had so many people, well, I come to church, but there's so many cliques. I don't think we got that many people here, Brother Roger, to have a click, but it's, that's not, that's not a, a reason not to come to church. If you're, if you're using that as a reason, then you're, you're wanting to come to church for all the wrong reasons. You're coming in here to serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To enter into his courts with thanksgiving. We need to raise holy hands, just praising God. And this is because you raise holy hands and you want to praise God. That doesn't mean you're a Pentecostal, you understand? I mean, see, some people think that. 
Some people think, well, you know, uh, I, I can't say amen in church or anything like that. I was kind of like that way, too, when I first started. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. But then what's wrong with a, a few amens or praise the Lord? When you say an amen, you're, you're agreeing to what the preacher's saying up in the front. And when, when, when Brother Roger, Brother Leroy, myself, we hear some amens, you know, we're, we're, it, it, it makes us want to get more in the spirit and really go for it. You know what I mean? As, as, you know, in, in Ephesians, you know, chapter six, when he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me that utterance may be given unto me that I open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therefore I may speak as I ought. You know, we're so thankful for the grace of God. We're so thankful when we see these things. You know, like I said, there's so many people, well, if I'm, I'm saved by the grace of God, I can, I can live my life whatever way I want to. And that's, that's not, that's, that's not why God entered into your hearts in the regeneration. He took out that old heart, just like he took away that old man, and he put in a new heart into us. You know, and as long as we're in this flesh, we're always going to have that battle going on within us. We're always going to have that old man and that new man are going to battling within us. That's why we need to be in prayer all the time. To try to put that old man in subjection, put him down and bring the new man up, which is created what? In the likeness of God. Remember Brother uh, Isaac. Isaac guessed when he's there. I never got, I, I got my notes written somewhere in my Bible in a page back in there. And he says, when we look in a mirror, we should see Jesus. That's when we look in the mirror, we should be able to see Jesus. Because our life should mirror Jesus Christ as much as we can. To be more Christ-like. So we've been saved through faith, and it's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. It's not of works or any effort on our part, lest any of us should boast or glory in ourselves. I think the Bible says, for he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For we are his workmanship. See, there Paul goes. He goes back and forth, doesn't he, Brother Roger? That's why I say we, when we, we need to slow down and read the scriptures when we read it, so we can see these things that are in verse by verse. I've been going through, Brother Leroy gave me a book, Bane on Ephesians, and I'm going through that right now and looking verse by verse. And I found out, Brother Roger, when I slow down, I understand it more. It's a very hard book to read, Bane on Ephesians. But I'm getting so much out of it. You know, for we are his workmanship. See what he says? Paul's saying, we, we are his workmanship. I'm his workmanship. You're his workmanship. Created 
We are created in Christ Jesus. When we understand that, Jesus Christ was with God before the foundation of the world. And he chose us in him. From that time, we were created in Christ Jesus. We're created in him. And then he comes along. And he enters into our heart. And we're living our lives, what? Wholly devoted to who? Jesus Christ. Whatsoever we do it in worry or word or deed, we should do all to who? His glory. His glory. <clears throat> Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Good works are a fruit of the Spirit. That's one thing we got to understand. Good works are not a bad thing. Good works are a good thing when they're a fruit of the Spirit. When we try to do it on our own, it's bad. When we try to do it unto good works, and it says, which God had before ordained, are before prepared that we should walk in them. These are good works. When by our own effort, we try to get our way into heaven, that's bad. We got bad and we got good, don't we? So here's who we are. And we have to be, I think Brother Roger will agree with me, we have to be in the spirit. In the spirit. See, I think we, we don't give as much emphasis as we should do to the spirit. We should be praying in the spirit. We should be living our lives in the Spirit, because the Spirit is in the world today. Remember, Jesus said, if I go not away, I cannot send the Comforter unto you. That Comforter is the Holy Spirit of God, which is with us. We are his workmanship. <coughs> He's the potter or the clay. He molds us into exactly who he wants us to be. which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. When did he ordain that, Brother Roger? For the foundation of the world. This is why I say, you know what? God is so good unto each and every one of us, isn't he? He's so good unto us. You know, we have to realize it, how good he is to us. Brother Roger was just telling me today that you know, when he went through this COVID and he's like, Brother Davies, I thought I was going to die. Brother Rogers said, you know what? Through that, he says, my prayer life was increased. Because he says, you know what? He fully knows who brought him through that. And I think there's so many people in this world that don't realize when God is there by their side to help them through things. And like I said, he works behind the scenes. And sometimes we don't, we don't see him when he's working for us. You know, I, I can, we can quote all kinds of God before us who can be against us. When we look at these things and it realizes, wouldn't, wouldn't we want to 
we got to understand that if if he's laid it into your heart, you, you can't you don't don't sit there and try to think that he's not working in your life. He could be working in your life. He could be talking to you in a still small voice. And he could be saying, come unto me. Listen, listen. Because if you can hear that still small voice, that tells you something, right? That really tells you something. So we can't go against Lord. We can't fight against God. I want to close with this. I want, I want to look, look, look us to really look at verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You know, we need to, to look at this. These verses here. And we gotta, we gotta understand it as brother Jerry Hunt Sr. was talking to read, starting in chat, read chapter four. We gotta understand four, five, and six are practical, practical things for us. And we can look and read these things. So we need to understand. We need to read. I know I like Ephesians. I like the book of Romans. We just can't, we just can't take certain things out of this Bible. You, you either take, <clears throat> excuse me, you either take Genesis, the Revelations in its entirety, or not. And if you're not going to, you might as well do this. You might as well throw it in the garbage. Because if you're not going to take the whole Bible as a whole, it's going to be totally useless for you. Totally useless. You can't take Scripture. Apostle Paul, when he, Apostle Peter, when he talks about Paul, that there's how many, there's a lot of things that are hard to understand. Now, when Peter says there's some things that Paul writes that are hard to understand, it's going to take some time and reading. But they, but they say, you know what? Don't wrestle the scriptures to your own destruction. You got to watch out. That's why I say Genesis to Revelation. I exhort each and every one to take the time to read the scriptures. I thank you for your kind attention this morning.